Hey, it's Deacon here. I'm hosting a new workshop called Hiring Secrets to help you find the right people who will take your business to the next level. Join me live on April 6th, and I'll show you my biggest secrets and tools to building a high-performance team. Get all the details at deaconbradley.com, click the Hiring Secrets link in the menu, or check today's show notes for all the links you need. Now, let's get back to the podcast. The part of this whole process that made it so effective when building a very high-performance team is actually the part that I didn't even tell anybody. Well, hello and welcome to the Sharp Business Growth Podcast, the show for business leaders who want to create profitable, scalable growth. And if you want to create profitable, scalable growth, one of the most important elements of that is your team. Because without your team, you can't scale. You're stuck in the day-to-day doing even more stuff. And unfortunately, sometimes with your team, you're still stuck in the day-to-day stuff. And so when I talk about a high-performance team, which I love to talk about, this comes up in all of my private coaching and consulting work that I do with business leaders, uh, because so many times these high-performance teams are operating more at a low-performance level. And I say that lovingly. In most cases, we're able to create, just with a few tweaks, create the right environment for those teams to suddenly turn into high-performance teams. But what we're talking about today isn't so much focused on the team members that you have, although this will apply. What I'm talking about today is really aimed at recruiting somebody new to your team, which is, which is also a, a key element of growth. And I want to let you behind the scenes a little bit about a hiring process that I built when I was a partner at an agency called Tier 11. It was a simple process. It was easy to operate. It's brought in dozens and dozens of highly talented media buyers with only one miss. Uh, We had a well over a 90% hit rate, which is almost unheard of and especially unheard of in an industry that, from my experience with media buyers, it tends to be a bit more of a freelancer-based industry. There's a lot of turnover, a lot of transition, a lot of higher fast fire slow mentality or hire fast, fire fast, uh, which is neither one I would really recommend, but we were able to make this process with a 90% hit rate and hire dozens and dozens of high-performance media buyers. Because it was crafted to find people that fit multiple dimensions, not just one. And today I want to focus on just one part of that process which we like to call the simulator. And the simulator, where this fell in the interview and hiring process, this actually happened, this was the third, probably the third thing that happened. So step one, fill out some sort of form and you know, throw your hat in the ring. Step two, they would send us some sort of video uh, demonstration, something like that. And then now we're at step three, which we call the simulator. And the simulator was essentially word problems for digital marketing media buyers. So I would give them some slides. Uh, there, I think there were about five slides. 
And these slides would have basically word problems. Like imagine if I'm describing to you, hey, here's an e-commerce business. This many people came to the site. They made this much money. The product costs this much. We're trying to scale. Here's what we noticed with our ads. We're getting these kinds of stats. Uh, And so we would give them essentially word problems and have them make us a video, tell us what they observe about the situation, what their assessment is based on the information that they had, and what they do next. And what made this process so effective is actually what I didn't tell them. Because a lot of the hiring process that, for me, that created such success was actually the things that I didn't tell people. It was things that I was looking for or prompting for or putting them in situations to observe but it was not things that I was super direct about. And I'm going to unpack this scenario further. By the time this episode wraps up, you will have the full picture. You'll understand the whole thing. But first, I need to tell you about skills and talents because that is the key that unlocks how all of this stuff works. Now, skills versus talents, is, is, this isn't something that I came up with. This is something that I learned about through my leader, mentor, and and partner, Ralph Burns, and also through a book called First Break All the Rules. Now, this book, First Break All the Rules, I'm a bit of a bookworm myself. I'm not actually going to recommend that you go and read this. I might put it on your like eventual to-read list, something like that. It's one of those books. It's incredibly dense. I found it difficult to apply. But what I liked about it was that it was backed by a huge amount of data. Gallup, the, uh, the, the kind of industry people who are behind loads and loads of high-volume surveys and polls and stuff like that, they did the study that underpinned this book. And so the stuff that I'm sharing you, I'm, I'm going to skip all the, the dry numbers and all the science and all that stuff. And I'm just going to give you, cut to the end here, say, hey, this is the big key here. This is what I learned. This is what I applied that allowed us to have a 90% hit rate when hiring. So <laughs> save you a lot of time today, in other words. But the big idea is this that you need to understand is talents versus skills. Okay, so let's go back and forth and hold these up next to each other so you can start to get a sense of what I'm talking about. Talents. Talents are innate. It is who you are. Talents are natural. This is like how you approach the world. And in other words, talents are things that you are born with. Okay. This is like, again, it's, it's who you are. It's innate skills. On the other hand, skills are learned. They're developed. They're added to your toolbox over time. You are always learning and developing new skills as you go throughout your career and your life. Going back to talents. Only a few people possess these. And I'm going to have to call out one of our family favorite people here, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. How much more talented could you be than to have the body of a professional football player, professional wrestler, and the ability to actually act and create characters and do all that stuff? Like Those are rare talents, okay? Few people possess them. And these are innate. It doesn't matter what personal trainer I work with. I am not going to look like The Rock. Those of you who know me in real life are probably thinking, oh, you're not far off. 
But a uh, total joke right there. Skills, on the other hand, many people possess skills. So if you're thinking about, for example, some of the roles that I, I mentioned earlier, media buyers, I can find hundreds and hundreds of people who have the skill of media buying. And that's true of almost any professional job. And one of the big reasons there is because skills are learned. They're developed. So lots of people are learning these skills over time. Going back to talents, talents are nature, skills are nurtured. So that's kind of the difference here. And so I want to make these examples a little bit more concrete with a few roles here. And so let's take role number one of video editor. So video editor is a role that I've hired numerous times as building out creative teams over over the years. And looking at a video editor role, the skill, which would be where most people start, the skill might be Adobe After Effects. You know, this is how you add graphics to things. It's how you make them look cool. If you want like cool words and, and text and captions that are more effective than just the black and white, like, yeah, you need Adobe After Effects as a skill. Adobe Premiere might be a skill. This is how you would actually edit the video a little bit more. And for those of you who are listening who are creative and know these tools, you can tell that this is not one of my skills, but that's all right. Could you still, could you have these skills and produce a bad video? 100% yes. Just having these skills does not mean that you're going to make great, effective videos. That's because there's a talent element too. And the talent, if when I'm hiring video talent, what I'm looking for is just one of the things, for example, is timing and pacing instinct. So you've heard, for example, uh, I'm, I'm sure you've experienced the phenomenon of somebody who has great comedic timing and somebody who doesn't have it. Same joke. One of them is hilarious. The other one is like clunky and, and awkward and, and halting and that's because of that timing and pacing instinct. So if you're hiring a video editor, you need to know how to use the tools. You need the skills, but this, it, you're, you're not going to get that result you're looking for if they don't have the talent. Let's take another role here, operations manager. This is one that comes across my desk all the time. In fact, more often than not, when clients come to me looking for help, they have an operations manager. And I'll use that term as kind of a catch-all for, they might be like a VP level. It might be just like an operations manager, might be project manager, whatever it is. They have somebody sitting in that seat. And just to pull out one skill there, the skill is often something like project management. Project management. Okay. So seems like everybody's kind of looking for this skill as a business leader, you know, help me manage my stuff. I've got a lot of stuff going on. I'm dropping balls. Can somebody just manage all these projects? 100% yes. You can find that skill. Basically, it's not a hard skill to find. There's a lot of really skilled project managers. If you want that to be a great, effective relationship, though, you need a talented project manager. A talented project manager or talented operations manager can see both near and far. They're able to be detailed and strategic, okay? So a talented operations manager can anticipate a problem because they can see far and they can be ready with a solution before that problem even comes up because they see the details. So here's an example. Client I was working with, 
is talking about their complaint in this department. They had an operations manager. They were like, I don't understand why this is so hard, you know, because we have this speaking event coming up and the creatives are all wrong. We didn't have any way to like capture leads effectively. Like the, the mechanism that they chose to capture leads just, it doesn't work in a real environment. And the problem is they had the skill to hear, hey, we need a lead capture capture mechanism. And they had the skill to make sure that that project was followed through on. But without the talent of being able to see both the detailed and the strategic, they built the wrong thing. You you've heard about like the whole the old saying like when you get to the top of the ladder and you discover it's leaning up against the wrong building. That's what happens if you are just managing each step you take on the ladder. You need somebody with the talent that looks far and near and can do both. Another example that I hear a lot is a really skilled project manager that is a total bulldozer on their team. Nobody really loves working with them. They're, they have trouble getting effective work out of others, and it's because they're missing this emotional intelligence uh, talent to connect with people and relate with them and motivate them in a way that works for each individual person. All people are different. You can't just bulldoze over them with a project plan. That's what happens when you have a project management skill, but you lack the talent of emotional intelligence and managing and leading people. One more role example, sales manager, account manager, any, any role that's like it has sales in its nature. The skill here is closing deals, right? Great skill. You know, you, you need to know some scripts. You need to know some techniques. You need to know how to apply them. You need to be able to talk about the product. All of these skills, these are things you can learn. These are things I've been trying to learn over the last few years. Like it's a, it's a skill that people can teach you. The talent, on the other hand, is a little bit more subtle in this case. The talent you need, you have to be able to read people. You need to be able to discern, discern when to push, when to pull back. You need to be able to know by reading somebody when to deploy different tactics in your playbook. And if you do not have that talent of reading people and watching how they're reacting to you and then being able to pull out, here is the playbook element that would be effective here. Here's how I should approach this. If you can't read people, you'll never run the right play, the right tactic at the right time. That's because that talent of reading people is so crucial. All right, so here's the key understanding here that I want you to walk away with. Now, remember, talents are innate. People are born with them. It's who they are. Skills are learned and developed over time. So you, as an employer, as a hiring manager, as a company, The only thing that you can give your team is a skill, which means if somebody shows up to play a key role on your team and that key role requires a certain talent, then all the skills in the world are not going to help them succeed. You can't give them the talent. They have to show up already possessing the talent because it's innate. They're born with it. The problem is that most hiring managers are only looking for skills and ignoring talents. That's the big problem that I see when I look at people's teams. I often see, hey, we've got the skills here. But if I don't 
But if we don't find the right talents in the right roles, it creates friction. It creates missed opportunities and stress within the team. And those are usually coming out of a mismatch in talents, not a mismatch in skills. All right. So lastly, let's talk about how you would apply this so that you can build a high-performance team, so that you can build a business that grows and runs itself. And I'm going to go back to that example that I used at the beginning of the show here. Talking about how did I hire media buyers? Well, we use this simulator in step three of our process. And that simulator was essentially giving them word problems. And then asking them to tell us, you know, what did you observe? You know, how would, how would you go forward from here? Now, the thing that most hiring managers look for is a right answer. But I didn't actually care about the right answer, believe it or not. I'm trying to hire media buyers. I'm going to give them hundreds of thousands of dollars to spend, but I don't care about the right answer. Like, what's the deal with that? The thinking is that I knew that analyzing the numbers was actually a skill that I could teach them. If they can thought a 5% conversion rate was good, but it's actually should be 10%, like I can teach them what to look for. And I can teach them how to look at different parts of the funnel and how to compute things. And, and those, are, those are things that I can teach them that skill of analyzing the funnel. However, the analytics part is also, there's a talent element to this also. So for example, how do you apply this? Step number one, define the talents that the role requires. I shared some examples here when we went through like sales manager, account manager, shared an example of an operations manager, shared an example of a video editor. This story of hiring media buyers. When I was at this stage, Facebook and Instagram were undergoing a huge transition in how, what made something work. It was becoming more algorithmic, Uh, It required a different type of media buyer to succeed than one that we had seen in the past. And the type of media buyer that I needed is someone highly analytical who thinks in spreadsheets. I'll just summarize the whole thing in that. They think in spreadsheets. That was a, that's a talent. Okay. Some people you put spreadsheets in front of them. They're like, ah, yeah, I can't handle this. Please just tell me in English. Other people are, you put English in front of them. They say, I can't handle this. Give me a spreadsheet. That's essentially what I was looking for with the word problems. And so the number one thing that I observed when I gave someone word problems was, did they take the numbers out of there and put them in a spreadsheet? That's it. I only wanted people with the talent that they saw numbers. They thought this needs a spreadsheet. I have to organize these things. Okay, they're organized. Now we can tackle the problem and start to develop a strategy and an analysis and a solution. That's, that's what I was looking for with that role. So step number one, define the talents that the role requires. Now to help with this is step number two. And step number two is to just study your best people. And when you study them, if, you have a, if you're lucky enough to have a business where there's more than one person in a role, there is usually someone doing really well, somebody doing not as well. Study the person who's doing really well. But don't just look at what they're doing. Look at the look for the talents behind those things. Why are they doing this? Who are they? What are they born with? How do they naturally approach the problems? And what talents can you find within that? 
This is the, what I have used to build my most effective job templates. That spreadsheet example I just gave you, that wasn't just me sitting behind a computer thinking, hmm. I went out and I observed our top performing media buyers. I looked at how they worked. I watched people that were not as high performing. And one thing I noticed over and over was the top performers, without being told to, made spreadsheets and studied and analyzed numbers and trends and stuff like that. I didn't have to put this into an SOP and try to force the behavior. This is who they were. And when we started hiring for that talent, everything started becoming more effective. So study your best people. That's step two. And step number three, which I've used as an illustration going through this, is to focus your hiring process on talents. Yes, they need skills. You will require skills in every role, but those are, in my opinion, subordinate to talents because you can teach somebody skills. And how far off of the the skill baseline somebody can be, uh, that's really a judgment call. At different stages in in my business, we would hire lower skill levels because I knew, hey, I have enough cushion here to train somebody up over a period of three months. That's fine. Other points in business, I needed somebody who could hit the ground running 100%. So that skill dial, I could throttle and say, what level of skill can I tolerate right now? What's the right skill level fit? And a lot of that will also depend on the levels of training you have within your business to actually develop somebody's skills. But the talent portion, I never compromised on talent. So I focused my hiring process on talent. I sprinkled things like this spreadsheet example were sprinkled throughout the entire process because I knew here are the talents that describe a high level media buyer. And here are the parts in my hiring process where I look to see if they are demonstrating those talents. So if you're a business leader, you want to develop a high performance team. I would recommend starting with a key role in your business and then think, what is your spreadsheet mindset that sets high performers apart in this role? That's the key to starting to build this high performance team. One of my favorite things to do is to help business leaders get more out of their biggest and most expensive asset. That's their teams. Because I know that when I can do that, your vision will grow. Your stress will shrink. In other words, you can achieve bigger results with less work. So if this episode is resonating with you, uh, this applies, by, by the way, to teams. We've focused a lot on the hiring process. This is something that I've been using with a client right now to clarify and reorganize some seats on the bus with his current team. We haven't hired anybody new. Same things apply. We're just doing things a little bit differently when it comes to the how do you evaluate an interview process and stuff like that. But one of my favorite things to do is to help business leaders develop high performance teams. This is how you build a scalable business. So if you want to talk about how we could work together to reshape your team, level up your team, help you get more results so that you can have a more profitable, more scalable business that, by the way, is easier to operate, head on over to my website, deaconbradley.com, click on Let's Talk, fill out an application, we'll have a conversation. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.